0: Day, ladies and gentlemen, and you are locked and loaded onto the hottest show on the streets, the best form of Alabama football news, notes, and information you're going to find anywhere. This being in my own words, the podcast with yours truly, Stephen M. Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Show us more so than me, though. I got my man John Ivory, call him JP, but the man John Ivory making sure we are good to go every single time. Coming to you from Tuscaloosa, Alabama, streaming this to you via YouTube and all the time. We like to encourage you to be sure. To drop a thumbs up, give a like on the show, and hit that subscribe button. What that tells us here at TDA that we got to continue pumping you the best in news, notes, and information on your favorite program, the Alabama Crimson Tide. It's because of you, the fans, that we're over 8,000. That's correct. Over 8,000 subscribers strong on YouTube. So definitely want to encourage you to continue to help us grow the network channel and the brand here as always jam packed slate of topics to get to on a wednesday we'll start this off with a with an, with an update excuse me coming in here and after the update we'll get into why mac jones has alabama In the best position in terms of quarterbacks versus not only the Southeastern Conference, but even against some of the elite powers in college football. We'll talk that as spring practice starts on March 13th this Friday. From there, we'll jump into previewing the outside linebacker position for the Crimson Tide. With it losing Terrell Lewis and Anthony Jennings, how does Alabama stack up? At that outside backup position. We'll go into there. And then we'll dive into the impact defensive player. Who will that be? Who has to be the impactful defensive player for the Crimson Tide starting the spring and going into the upcoming season? We'll talk all three of those topics and get into your phone calls, tweets, texts, thoughts, and concerns in the YouTube chat line. But first off, our update. With the outbreak of the coronavirus and this new strand of the virus, COVI-19, which has resulted in so many deaths, not just in China, but in Europe and some a few cases, a couple of cases that have made its way to the U.S. And so many people, organizations already being proactive, taking precautions in terms of colleges. In terms of sporting venues, when you look at the NBA, being proactive, Major League Baseball, starting to trend in that direction. And the latest piece of news that came out between last night and earlier today, uh, the NCAA has eliminated fans from taking part in March Madness. Has eliminated fans from being a part of the NCAA tournament and March Madness, the time of year to where this is the great pastime. For All fan bases in the spring, but due to the outbreak of coronavirus, the NCAA has eliminated fans from participating in the March Madness. This is the women's and the men's tournament now in terms of the Southeastern Conference. Uh, The SEC tournament still going on as is now as they continue to get updates and provide those to the media, we will get those to you guys. So the SEC tournament is still going on as planned. and while so many people, organizations, colleges taking these precautions, you almost have to wonder how does this affect football or will it affect football? We know football is king. We know football is the main sport. Football is the, is the venue that we all get behind Does this affect the gridiron game? Now, here at the University of Alabama, uh, Nick Saban and the program going with spring practice as planned the first day of spring ball, March 13th, this Friday. Now, if something were to change, once again, we will get that information to you. But as of right now, Alabama continuing with spring practice and while there's no cure or vaccine for coronavirus you can prevent it uh, from happening to you by making sure you wash your hands thoroughly after you eat after you prepare meals if you're coughing or sneezing make sure you wash your hands uh, thoroughly you can also prevent coronavirus by if you have to cough and or sneeze be sure to cough or sneeze at the bend of the elbow but right now uh, the big news the NCAA, Eliminating fans from the March Madness. But as we dive into uh, the first big topic or the first topic of conversation for this evening, and it's how or why does Mac Jones, why does Alabama quarterback Mac Jones have the Crimson Tide in the best possible position right now in terms of the quarterback rooms, not just in the Southeastern Conference, but for the elite powers that be, in college football, everybody will be excited for Friday, the first day of practice, to get their eyes on that quarterback room with Mac Jones, Bryce Young, Talia Tongabanoa, and Paul Tyson. But the reason why Mac Jones has Alabama in the best spot is. N- when you, when you discuss the teams that the Crimson Tide will play in the Southeastern Conference this season, not a lot of them know where they are. Not a lot of them know what they have or where they stand in terms of quarterbacks. First and foremost, I mean, let's look at Georgia. Week three of the season, Alabama will play Georgia. And for the Georgia Bulldogs, it started off having Jacob Eason... Fans really didn't care that much for him. Jake Fromm comes in. He leads you to some wins. He leads you to an SEC championship, being Georgia. He leads the Bulldogs to a national championship game, but despite not beating the Crimson Tide, did some good things. But then here comes a Justin Fields, a five-star from Kennesaw, Georgia. Fans were excited about him, but even though – it had their picks and chooses, all three of them are gone, and now you hope for Jamie Newman, the grad transfer from Wake Forest to be the guy. He had 26 touchdowns to 11 picks this past year, but Georgia's hope is for Jamie Newman. They don't really know what they have at the quarterback position. When you look at LSU, kind of the same deal with Joe Burrow going to the NFL, you lost Joe Brady to the Carolina Panthers, and while Miles Brennan would be the backup quarterback, he didn't get much of a chance to play last year due to LSU campaigning Joe Burrow for the Heisman, and the guy that would be in the battle to try to take the job from Miles Brennan, one Peter Parrish, has been suspended indefinitely by LSU, so the Tigers, not quite sure what they have at the quarterback position. When you look at Texas A&M, the Aggies under Jimbo Fisher, that fan base is wondering, "Okay, is Kellen Mond really the guy or should we look for somebody else? Or do we know that Kellen Mond is not the guy and we're just stuck with him?" Not saying that Kellen Mond's a terrible player. He's a great athlete, but the Aggie fans have invested so much money into the program, we're talking about half of $1 billion, $498 million, and they want a return on their investment, and they have not gotten that return in Kellen Mines, so... A&M, not quite sure what it has at quarterback. When you look at Tennessee, um, Jarrett Garantano was supposed to be a big deal. Not quite sure what happened to him. He has struggled. Uh, Brian Maurer, the backup, has shown some promise. But the Volunteers have gone out here and got a high four-star quarterback in Harrison Bailey. Is he the guy? Does he pan out? We don't know. So Tennessee's in that same boat. You look at Arkansas, they had to bring in Felipe Franks and the transfer portal out of Florida. You have KJ Jefferson, who played last year. You also have Malik Hornsby, who you bring in in this 2020 class. They don't quite know. And even down to Auburn, Auburn is hopeful that Bo Nix can take the next step, going from his freshman to his sophomore year. You bring in Chad Morris to be the offensive coordinator, will Gus Malzahn relinquish the keys so Chad Morris can call the plays? That remains to be seen. You have a lot of Auburn fans that feel like, why in the world did we let go of Joey Gatewood? So, in terms of just teams in the Southeastern Conference, probably the only program that's kind of got an understanding of what they have at the quarterback position and are happy with what they have, you have to look at Ole Miss with uh, John Rice Plumley. I mean, it seems like Lane Kiffin is excited about him. I mean, it seems like everybody in Oxford is in pocket with Plumley. A uh, Plumley did a pretty good job last year, being able to run the football. And he's gotten better, you know, throwing the football. So um, it's, it's, it's crazy. And then in terms of just the national powers, Oregon, no more Justin Herbert. Who does Mario Cristobal and the Ducks go to? We discuss Oklahoma. Jalen Hurts gone. I know Lincoln Riley has Spencer Rattler, but is he the next guy? Can he give you what Jalen Hurts gave you? Can he give you what a Baker Mayfield gave you? Can he give you what a Kyler Murray gave you? We don't know. You look at Michigan, Shea Patterson's gone. Where does... Uh, Jim Harbaugh go to from here even down to Texas I mean I know they brought back Sam Ellinger but Texas a lot like Texas a and a lot like Georgia the fan base is looking at Tom Herman as if to say how long Tom when's the championship coming when's the Big 12 title coming can we finally beat Oklahoma can we beat Oklahoma State can we be not just good can we be great In the Big 12. So those are just some teams that have issues. Whereas in Alabama, Alabama knows exactly what it has in Mac Jones. And while people are excited for Bryce Young, people are on edge. They're on pins and needles to see what Bryce Young has to offer. And I like Bryce Young. I'm excited to see what Bryce Young has to offer. But we're looking at being, you know, we hope that Bryce Young is the man. We think that Bryce Young is the man. We believe that Bryce Young is the man. We hope that Bryce Young pans out. and He's going to be special here. And he's going to be great here. And he's going to be outstanding here. But we don't know what Bryce Young's resolve is going to be when he takes that first hit, right? We don't know what his resolve is going to be when he throws that first interception. We don't know what his resolve is going to be when he faces that first piece of adversity, we really don't know. Our eyes have actually beheld the resolve, the mental toughness, the uh the fight that is Mac Jones. I mean, Mac Jones this past year played in some games where he took some vicious hits. He took some nasty hits. He picked himself off the ground, continued to throw the football, continued to show leadership, continued to put guys in the right spots to have success he put up you know 40 plus points against arkansas had 48 in a start he put up 40 plus points against auburn 45 and start in starting that game he darn near had 40 against michigan put up 35 so we, we see what mac jones can do on the football field and the two games that got the most ratings when you talk about the iron bowl against auburn and the Citrus Bowl against Michigan on ABC. You know, Mac Jones in both of those two games combined, we're talking about completing 42 of 64 passes, 65.6% completion clip for 662 yards, seven touchdowns, just two picks. Great completion percentage, 662 passing yards, strong touchdown to interception ratio of 7-2 to in those games against Auburn and Michigan where highly watched, most ratings, all eyes on him, and he went out there and the young man flat out performed, played well, did well. So you you see what you're getting here in, in a Mac Jones. Now, is he just... Overly, uberly athletic in terms of the running ability? No. But he can pull the ball down. He can pick up yards with his legs if need be. He's going to be able to balance out the offense, uh, find guys in stride with pinpoint passing, pinpoint accuracy, pinpoint precision. And I'll say this the players on this team know what they have. In a, in a Mac Jones if, if players did not believe that Mac Jones was the guy they would not speak if, if in terms of Mac Jones being the guy if they did not believe he was capable if they did not believe he was capable upon them being asked questions about Mac Jones they would probably go with no comment or they'll probably make a generalized answer but because they speak of Mac Jones as a leader as a warrior, as a competitor, Devontae Smith came out and said, you know, I look at Mac the same way I look at Tua Tagovailoa when Tua was the starting quarterback just a season ago. And I understand people like to bring up the two pick sixes that Mac Jones had against Auburn. My rebuttal to that statement every single time if Auburn just scores off of two Jones pick sixes, the final score is 45 to 14 in favor of Bama. Bama still wins by a large margin. Because the final score was 48 to 45 in favor of Auburn, Auburn put up 34 more points. Those 34 more points came from Alabama's defense not being able to stop Auburn's offense. So that's not completely on Mac Jones. But at the end of the day, Jones has this Alabama team in a much better situation at quarterback than a lot of others in college football. But that's going to take us to our first break here on In My Own Words, the podcast. Don't touch that down, folks. When we return, we get into your phone calls, tweets, texts, thoughts, and concerns after this.
1: Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click Join. Only five ninety-five per month, or pay forty-nine ninety-five for a full-year subscription. That's a saving of almost twenty-two dollars. Make sure to subscribe before it's too late and get our new, freshly printed end-of-the-year magazine issue. Go to touchdown. Alabama.com today and roll tide.
0: We are back live into the action known as the hottest show on the streets. Best form of Crimson Tide football news, notes, and information. When you look at conversating, dialogue, and just discussing the Crimson Tide, in my own words, the podcast, yours truly, Stephen M. Smith. And this is your time, Alabama fans, 205-448-1358, the number to call in to let your voice be heard, 205-448-1358. You can text with that number, I'll leave a voicemail with that number, you can tweet the show directly, at in my own words TDA. That's at in my own words TDA. You can also tweet me directly at coaching M Smith. But we take our first call of the evening. And it looks like it's my man Wayland. Wayland, what's going on, man?
2: It is hump day, Stephen M hump day. I hope everything's going good. And yeah, this uh this coronavirus is is a serious thing. We need to uh we really need to take this to heart and and do everything we can to uh, to keep this down or where it's going to turn into. I think they've done a set a pandemic, so uh, we don't want that. But anyway, we want to look on the bright side of things. I know we're talking about uh, Mac and who's going to win the quarterback race this year, and uh, I think Mac. I do a good job. I don't – I'm not worried about that. I think Bryce may be a little bit green coming in. Uh, we'll get some play in time. But I do think uh, – I think Mack will run the season and uh, could have a national title under his belt, Stephen. What do you think?
0: I think he can. And and like I mentioned, Waylon, Alabama with Mack is in a much better spot than most teams. LSU, Texas A&M, Auburn, Tennessee, Georgia – a lot of these programs are looking within their quarterback room and wondering, what do I have? Do I have to pull somebody out of the portal like Georgia did? Do I have to recruit somebody? Like a lot of these programs in the SEC and among the nation, they're walking through their quarterback room, and they're kind of nervous because they really don't know what they have.
2: Exactly. You're exactly right there. But we know what we've got at Alabama, so we're going to, we're going to mention the guy's name here. We're going to go back just a little bit before your time, from 77 to 1980. We've got a, we've got a man going into the College Football Hall of Fame by the name of E.J. Jr. I hope you remember that name. Do you remember Mr. E.J. Jr.?
0: I remember and played really well under Paul Bryant. He was an All-American, was he not?
2: He was All-American. I'll say something else, Stephen. Six, seven, nearly eight all Americans, six All Americans on one team. That's a hell of a football team.
0: It absolutely is. So <laughs> big congratulations to to EJ Junior. A wonderful career at Alabama, and now you know this is something for for him and his family to go into that Hall of Fame.
2: That's exactly right. So we'll end the we'll end the night with EJ and, the, and our little poem here and uh, our three hearty laughs, and uh, hope to be back on Friday night. So here we go. Roses are red, violence are blue. TDA Magazine loves you, and it's Wednesday too. So hit that like button as quick as you can because EJ Jr. goes down in the College Football Hall of Fame. What a legend. He was a bear bright man. We'll catch you on Friday the 13th, Stephen. Y'all have a good Wednesday night. We gone and out of here. Bye-bye.
0: Appreciate the call there, weighing and waiting and getting it started on a Wednesday. Got another call coming into the queue line right now. You're live on In My Own Words on a Wednesday. Hope you're doing well.
3: Thanks, Stephen. Doing real well, man. best part of being stuck in traffic is getting to listen to you do your thing on your show. So I really appreciate you taking my call.
0: Absolutely. What's on your mind?
3: I agree 100% with your take on Mac Jones. You know, people forget this kid was highly recruited. And the now, uh, what is it, offensive coordinator for Auburn, Chad Morris, said it when Arkansas had to play his last year. Yeah, just because this kid's a backup doesn't mean he's a scrub. He's a scholarship quarterback at the University of Alabama. I do believe we're in a way better position than a lot of other teams. You know, you look at Ohio State, they lost basically every skill position player to the draft this year. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence is reloading at Clemson, but LSU's got who knows who at what position and doing what where. So we're really in a good spot here. And to kind of echo what you said about his uh, game in Auburn, statistically speaking, in his first true road game, he had a better game against that Auburn defense than Joe Burrow did at home as the Heisman Trophy winner. So I agree with you 100%. I think we're in a great spot. I think Mac Jones is going to have a huge year.
0: 100% agree with that, man. Hey, I appreciate the call. Keep listening to us.
3: Yes, sir. we Will do. Do your thing. Roll Tide, brother.
0: The, got, another call, got another call now in the queue. There, you guys lighting this up on a Wednesday. We'll take this one. You're alive When in my own words. What's on your mind?
4: Steven, Kelsey Shepherd here in Montgomery,
0: Alabama. What's going on, man? Man,
4: what's going on, man? What's going
0: on, man? I'm hey, doing Steven. good, man. I mean, I, I can't complain. It's Wednesday. We're about uh two more days to spring practice, man. Spring football.
4: I know that's right, man. I'm on opinions about it. And I'm excited about the Alabama quarterback position up there in Tuscaloosa. I know that. Hey, Steven, uh, I can recall when Mac Jones was there, and I think Blake Sims probably was on his way out of the door. It was rumors about who was going to be the starting quarterback for Nick Saban, for Alabama, right? And Nick Saban responded like this. He said, what you people fail to understand is I have, I have plenty of good quarterbacks, but no one has stepped up and won the locker room. Or won the team. I think Mac Jones has won the has won the team. Bryce Young, Bryce Young is yet to win the team. I think I think the locker room is confident. They trust Mac, and like you said, Mac has took some big hits. He took some big hits last year, man. So I don't know if Bryce can come fresh out of high school and win over the Alabama locker room really in one in one summer. I don't know if it worked like that.
0: Now going, going back to the point you made there, Kelsey, it was Blake Sims and Jacob Coker. That was a uh, that was Blake Sims and Coker. But going back to your point on uh, you know Mac Jones, this team has a lot of confidence in him. I remember you know, we had a former player featured you know on the show Mac Herford, and he just spoke about how. The warrior that Mac Jones is, the the, uh, the capability he brings, uh, the leadership that he brings. And uh, once again, does he just have the, uh, the way of just entertaining, entertaining fans? Probably not. But, you know, Alabama fans don't want to be entertained. They want to win championships. And if you want a guy that's championship minded, that cares about winning, Mac Jones cares about winning.
4: Absolutely. He's very passionate.
0: Yeah, he, ca- he cares about winning, and he cares about winning uh, at the highest level, and that being for you know a national championship. But, Kelsey, man, I appreciate the call, man. Keep listening to us. Sure will, brother. Thank you. And Kelsey there on the line as you guys continuing to line us up there on the phone lines. But We're going to go to some of these comments right now in uh, the YouTube chat line. Getting our Thursday started, uh, CK right said. CK says Mac earned his Mac earned the stripes. Let him wear them. Mac has earned the stripes, and I think uh, un- unless Mac Jones just really falls apart, which I doubt that happens, but un- unless he just really falls apart, I think Nick Saban will roll with him as the main guy. Spencer Reveline. Spencer Reveille writes in, Stephen M., have you seen or heard of any difference in the way the strength and conditioning has gone? Well, Spencer, I have. Um, got a chance to talk to few close, credible guys, sources within this, uh, this program, and people I know uh, dearly. Uh, the, the, the guys have really... The players have really taken well to uh, Matt Rea, Dr. Matt Rea, and David Ballou. There's a lot of different exercises being done. It's working them down. It's whipping these guys into shape. It's something high-tech. They're not used to it, uh, but they love it. It's changed, it's new, it's different, but they love what Baloo and Rhea are doing thus far. But we're going to take another break here on In My Own Words. Don't touch that down, folks. Still getting started on the show. Upon our return, we will preview the outside linebacker position for spring ball right after this. We are back into the action, ladies and gentlemen, known as, in my own words, the podcast, yours truly, Stephen M. Smith of Touchdown Alabama magazine. As always, be sure to give a thumbs up, give a like on the show, and hit the subscribe button on YouTube. That lets us know here at TDA to continue pumping you out the best in information on your Crimson Tide. And we now... Get down to the outside linebackers. Previewing the outside linebackers for spring ball, a position coached by none other than Sal Sanseri, who enters his second year in this stint with the Crimson Tide. And despite losing the likes of Anthony Jennings and Terrell Lewis to the NFL Draft, Alabama does return some guys at this position. Christopher Allen comes back, the pride of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Who came in the 2017 class? King Wakuda out of Georgia. He's back. Kevin Harris the second back. Jerez Parks back. Even one Ben Davis from Gordo, Alabama, is back. But those, but those are just the returning pieces. You got some freshman enrollees in here. Will Anderson out of Hampton, Georgia. Chris Braswell out of the Maryland area, and Drew Sanders by the way of Texas. So you've got some depth here. An outside linebacker. You got some returning talent here at outside linebacker. So Sal Sanseri definitely nicking his chops right now. But the key component this season is who will be the guy, right, that Alabama can consistently turn loose and say your job is to annihilate the quarterback. Your job is to make that quarterback feel like I'm having the worst day on planet Earth. Your job is to make sure that quarterback is picking grass out of his helmet each and every time. Not just the quarterback, but your job is to nail that running back. Your job is to completely decapitate and eviscerate whoever has the football. That will be the job of... a. This outside linebacker position, who can be that guy that can make uh, the big plays consistently? When I look at Chris Allen, Christopher Allen has that potential. It's 6'4, 250 pounds, by the way, of Baton Rouge, Mississippi, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, excuse me, former four star, high four star in the 2017 class. And uh, there were a few. Springs, summers ago, that he was really having a good spring camp, a good summer camp, was really playing well, and he's been offset by some injuries, but finally healthy, finally good to go. Sal Sanseri has spent a lot of time giving some personal coaching to Chris Allen. One of the main things that Allen has to work on is not only understanding what his role is and what his job is, but just doing it consistently. You know, sometimes you can know what you're supposed to do, but at times you don't give the consistent effort. You don't give the consistent performance. Like you may hit a guy in the first drill and the coaching staff is like, boy! there you go, great job. Hit him the same time again, the same energy, hit him again. And when you go up to hit him again, You don't give that same energy. You don't give that same effort. You don't give that same drive and the coach is on you about where was the energy, where was the drive, the passion the first time you hit the guy, that technique from the first time you hit him. So for Chris Allen, it's it's just that consistency. You know, he gets that down. He's going to be a major factor in the upcoming season starting the spring. Dive into King Wakuda. King Wakuda has the potential to be just a nasty edge rusher. A nasty pass rusher. He's got the motor. He's got the speed. He's got the quickness. He's got the uh, the hand strike. It, it's taken him or it took him a while last season in practice to kind of do away with the high school stuff as it does for a lot of freshmen that come in. You are so prone to what you did in high school and how you were able to have that success in high school. You try to bring that to the college game and it's the job of the coaching staff to kind of you know break you away from those high school tendencies. So it took you know Wakuda some time uh, as the season went on and as practices wore on. He got better. He had some of his better practices. This is down the stretch to even, you know, have the praise coming from Coach Sunseri. So the biggest thing for, for King is just continuing to build, continuing to grow, continuing to get better and fine tune, uh, you know, his technique in terms of his hand tech, in terms of his, of his hand motion, of his hand strike, but also being able to edge, bend, whip around the corner, and be intentional. As an outside linebacker, as an edge rusher, as an edge setter, you got to be intentional in your movements. you got to be intentional in your fight and your stride to get after who has the ball. So continuing that, that fierceness of being intentional will be huge for King Wakuda. When I look at Kevin Harris second, kind of the same things. Uh, he picked, he's added on some weight. So the physical body has bulked up some, has, has beefed up a bit. So uh, for Kevin Harris... The same thing as, as King Wakuda, you know, continuing to grow and in being intentional, uh, grow in uh, having that edge bending motion off, off the outside in attacking the quarterback, uh, in tack and attacking uh, attack running backs, just growing within the system. Jerez Parks, with Jerez Parks, he came, he was supposed to have been in the 2017 class, gray shirted young man out of Florida came into the spring of twenty eighteen at 6'4, 230, 240 pounds, has a lot of potential, has a lot of playmaking ability. He's always wanted to be in Alabama. And it's for him, it's continuing to do plays the right way. Just continuing to do plays the right way. And Nick Saban kind of has a slogan. The slogan is, the reason why we put you guys through so much in practice, through so much in walkthroughs, through so much in warm-ups, it's not for you to you know, do it so many times that you get the play right, but you do it so many times that you don't have to worry about getting it wrong. It's not do it till you get it right. It's do it until it's built up in your brain to where you don't have fear about getting it wrong because it becomes second nature, right? You become conscious of doing it the right way because it's being hammered into you. And that's the thing with Jerez Parks. The talent is there. The ability is there. The physical makeup is there. The uh, Potential is there. It's just being able to do plays, do practices, do drills, do everything the right way. And he's another one that's getting kind of this personal coaching, if you will, from Sal and Nothing wrong with that. When you're getting the personal coaching from your position coach, it goes a long way into you getting or into you getting better as individuals. So that's just Jerez Parks. When I look at Ben Davis. The physical tools, y'all, they're all there, and and they've always been there for Ben Davis. The size has always been there, the ability to be a superstar has always been there, the ability to be a playmaker has always been there. It's always been there, and the genetic makeup has always been there for being his father, you know, Wayne Davis. We're looking at the all-time career leader in tackles for Alabama with three hundred twenty-seven. So it's always been there for being physically. Mentally is where Ben has to really put it all together and anchor down mentally. Ben Davis anchors down mentally. This could be a big year for him because you saw last year against Mississippi State. When Ben wants to make plays, he got the big sack against the Bulldogs this past season at Davis Wade Stadium in Starkville, and the sack was heard across the world. I mean, when Ben Davis knifed through there and hit the quarterback and and just popped him on his butt, Jarrett Maiden came through there like, whoa, bro, who was that? And when they found out it was Uno, when they found out it was Ben Davis, I mean, they were like House of Pain jumping around, popped the bubbly. They were happy for him. They were happy that Ben Davis was the one that was finally able to kind of break through and have that... That big time play, get that sack for himself. So for Ben, it's, you know, the mental makeup. Can he finally put it all together mentally, you know, on the field? Is Ben Davis. But those are just the returning guys. When you look at the freshmen, Will Anderson, Chris Braswell, and Drew Sanders, learning the system. All three of these guys are early enrollees, so right now they're already getting acclimated to the strength and conditioning, the sports science that is David Ballou, Dr. Matt Rea, and athletic trainer Jeff Allen. So they're already getting the conditioning, the body workouts, the performance in terms of hitting your goals in the weight and speed aspect, they're already getting those down, but once... Spring practice kicks off on Friday, getting the chance to get themselves ingrained, highly involved in the playbook, highly involved in the terminology, highly involved in making plays on the field. Which gap do I hit? How do I make sure I'm doing this assignment well? Not just learning from the coaches, but also learning from veteran players on what to do. And what not to do. So, Will Anderson, Chris Braswell, and Drew Sanders already getting themselves pretty much acclimated as early enrollees. But this outside linebacker position is going to go a long way into Alabama trying to push for a national championship because you have to have that guy that can consistently affect the quarterback, get after the running back, create those those negative plays and make life better for the secondary make life better for the inside linebackers make like make life better for the defensive line and make life worse for the opposing team in years past we have seen a lot of when big numbers come from that outside linebacker position really positive things happen in terms of consistency so We'll look forward to see what those outside linebackers can do. But we head to our next break on In My Own Works, the podcast hottest show on the streets. Upon our return, we will dive more into your phone calls, tweets, text messages, thoughts, and concerns after this.
1: Menswear in the University Mall in Tuscaloosa. Alabama.com today and roll tide.
0: And we are back to the hottest show on the streets. In my own words, the podcast with yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine, and once again, folks, your time, two oh five. 448 1358, the number to call in to let your voice be heard on the show, 205 448 1358. You can text with that number, leave a voicemail with that number. If you want to tweet the show directly, that's at In My Own Words TDA. Once again, at In My Own Words TDA, you can tweet me directly at M Smith. I put the number 205 205- 448 4481358. And as you guys are getting your thoughts together here, we're gonna go back to this chat line. You guys have been blowing us up here in the YouTube chat line. We go to Nick Saban Jr. that writes in Nick Saban Jr. How much of an impact do you see true freshman Drew Sanders making this season? I think Drew Sanders can be huge. Once again, he's one of these three early enrollees, Nick Saban Jr., that is getting acclimated in the strength and a conditioning program, in the playbook. Can't wait to see what he does in spring ball. And he. Not only just an outside linebacker, but our own Justin Smith, the lead scouting and recruiting analyst for TDA, talked about how uh, this young man can play some tight end, too. So, we will be interesting to see what Drew Sanders can provide for this team. But we're going to actually go to the phone lines where we got a call in the queue. Uh, You are live on In My Own Words. What's going on? What's going on, Steven?
5: How are you doing?
0: Doing well, man, enjoying this Wednesday. How about yourself?
5: Man, I'm doing the same. I'm doing the same. Looking forward to to fall camp starting, ready for A-Day, and ready for some Alabama football. Um, Question I have for you, Steven, is when are we going to get a kicker? I mean, you know, it seems like, you know, we we get, you know, five-star linebackers. And they turn out to be monsters, and they they you know they dominate. You know we get some good quarterbacks recently, good good wide receivers, but seems like the one position that regardless of how good they are when they come to Alabama, you know they seem like they just I don't know a five star kicker you know drops down to a two star when he gets when he starts kick for Alabama. Um, what is it gonna take? You know what are you looking for in spring practice? Um, as far as, you know, uh, the kicking game. And, you know, are we going to be improved this year as well?
0: Well, I mean, uh, I would like to see us go out there and get s- some soccer players that can kick or, you know, get a fan out of the stands. But the way, it, the way it looks right now in terms of spring practice for Alabama, I like what Ty P. Ryan can do. I mean, we saw t- Ty P. Ryan out of Prattville last season punting the football. And when he came in to punt against Tennessee and hit that 51-yard moon ball and then flew down to make the tackle, everybody was like, that's the punter? And he's been on the bench this whole time? Nick Saban, you've been holding out on us. So seeing how Ty Ty Piedra was able to do in that aspect, I would love to see Nick Saban take him and make him uh, the place kicker and probably have uh, Will Reichert as the punter, but that remains to be seen. The one thing I want to see from Alabama in terms of the kickers is, and this is more of just the kickers than just playing at Alabama, is just having that guy that's confident, within 40 yards. Like, that's your scholarship. If you can make beyond 50 yards, that's just more to love. That's icing on the cake. That's gravy if you can make a 50-plus yarder. But your scholarship comes from 40 yards to within 40 yards and also the extra point. So if you can do that, Alabama fans are fine with you. So it's more so of getting those kickers that can remain uh, confident, confident, throughout the whole time that they're at Alabama, just mentally. But if you want my thoughts right now, I would like to see Nick Saban take Ty P. around and make him the kicker.
5: Definitely. I mean, it, I don't know how you know how accurate he is. I mean, he definitely has a leg on him. Um, but it's just, you know, looking back as an Alabama fan, it just, you know, it's it's so concerning because, you know, even even after losing Tua, you know, I, I'm, I'm under the full assumption that if, if Tua was healthy, we would have beat LSU easily. But if even losing Tua, if we if our kicker would have made a couple of of field goals against Auburn, we would have won that game. We still would have been in the playoffs. We probably would have won it. So it's just like you know, that's just something I think people aren't talking about enough. You know, the quarterback is a is a is a big issue. I think um, you know Matt Jones is going to going to do great, or or if you know Bryce Young is good enough to beat Matt Jones, then it's, that's dangerous. But I just feel like the kick-in position, if we can never solve that, then, you know, we can do some big stuff.
0: I understand it, man. I mean, for the longest of time, there have been Alabama fans that have to resort to rituals to try to make field goals, rituals to make extra points, and hopefully this can be the end of that, regardless of whether Nick Saban goes, Ty P Ryan if Will if Will Riker is healthy, hopefully he is, but – I think that at some point, Alabama's definitely going to get down to the bottom of that issue. But, man, I appreciate the call. Keep listening to us.
5: Definitely will. We're
0: going to go back to the comments here to answer the one from Nick Saban, Jr. I like Drew Sanders. Can't wait to see what he does in the season. CFB Jared, college football Jared writes in, I don't think – The true freshman linebackers will start, but I do think they will get some situational reps. Their sophomore season is when I think they'll all be unleashed. I can agree with that. I mean, this year, all of those guys, granted, if the Alabama team stays healthy defensively, that's the reason why Baloo and Rhea are in here, not having those season-ending type of deals. But if the team stays healthy, then those freshman guys will get some spot play action. They'll get some situational action, so... I, uh, I definitely agree with that. Travis Williams writes in, William Anderson should get playing time week one. Well, that's the guy everybody's excited about, Travis, is Will Anderson. And uh, I'm going to get a chance to see him Friday firsthand for myself. The windows of my soul will be able to see Will Anderson for myself. And if I walk away, not just from this first practice, but throughout the spring and highly impressed with with Will Anderson on the field then. This can be a very, very fun year. Let's see here. Nick Saban Jr. writes in, has Alabama given up on Markel Benton? I don't think so, but hey, we'll have to see what happens on Friday as spring ball begins. But, we're going to go to another break here on the show, but as we return, folks, we will get into who is that impactful defensive player for Alabama this season starting in the spring we'll touch it up half this
1: Alabama.com today and roll tide.
0: We are back in from the break folks on The hottest show on the streets, best form of conversation on your Alabama Crimson Tide. In my own words, the podcast, yours truly, Stephen M. Smith. Reminding you once again to drop a thumbs up, give a like on the show, and hit that subscribe button on YouTube so that we can continue at TDA giving you the best in news, notes, and analysis on your Crimson Tide. But we dive into this. Alabama's most impactful defensive player will be who will it be who Alabama's most impactful defensive player be this season well when you look at Alabama there's a lot that goes into being an impactful defensive player in a complex Nick Saban defense. There's some things, some qualities, some traits, some characteristics that Coach Saban looks into when he wants to have that dynamic, that on fire, that big time, that marquee, that just huge leader on the defensive side of the football. And I'm going to break down some of these characteristics here for you. The first and foremost thing Nick Saban looks for leadership in a uh, impactful defensive player. Looks for leadership. He, he's already said in an interview on ESPN, first take on ESPN, where he talked about the guy that we want our younger players to follow is somebody that is going to go to class, going to take that education seriously, going to take his role on the field seriously, and going to be a, a, a kind of a speaker of the group, if you will, a guy that... You know, when he opens his mouth, everybody pays attention because that guy's been there, that guy's done that, and he's done everything the right way. So, leadership plays a big role when, when you look at Nick Saban, Coach Saban, finding that marquee impactful defensive player. The second one is communication. Being able to communicate Across the board, Nick Saban is the master communicator, whether it's communicating what type of suit he wants to wear in different events or whether it's communicating to his coaches what type of defensive system or offensive system he wants done in the team meeting room or if it's communicating to players how he you know wants them to play and attack certain situations. Coach Saban wants his defensive impact player to not only – you know, bark the calls or get the calls made across the formation, but make sure that the defensive linemen are in the right gap, other players are in the right gap, secondaries in perfect unison. When that opposing offense is making checks across the line of scrimmage, that marquee impactful defensive player is playing chess. He's making sure that the checks that the defense make counteract what the offense is doing and the defense is still on time, on cue to make the play. So communication is a big one. A strong tackler. Nick Saban loves guys that can tackle, that can break down, that can wrap up, that can make the tackle in space, take away the angle from the opposing offensive player, wrap up, not trying to do all this poke the ball out, force a fumble, but wrap up and make the fundamentally sound tackle. Nick Saban is one. For instincts and attention to details. Be instinctive. If you know that's your gap, hit that gap. If you know that's your guy, take that guy. If you know that's your play, own up and dominate that play. Also attention to details. If you see something on film that the the opposing offense is running that week, you know, pay attention to that. Be ready to communicate that to the deep communicate that to the rest of the defense. Have everybody in pocket. So the instincts. And the intention, the details, Nick Saban high on those two. Uh, toughness. Nick Saban loves toughness. He wants his marquee defensive player, his impactful star, to be tough, to be physical. When you come up to hit somebody, hit them, bring the bad intentions. Make the pads pop. Make the effort play. Make the tackle for loss. Make the sack. Be absolutely tough with it. Have no holds bar, taking no prisoner. So toughness is a key thing for um for the impactful player. Being battle tested, being able to fight through adversity is another thing. You know, Nick Saban wants his impact player to be one that has gone you know, through some things, whether it be in the personal life, whether it be on the field, and um grew up from that, became better from that, and you know, had that type of guy to where you know, the players look at him being like, well, if so and so went through that, if so and so encountered that, if so and so endured that, and he came out on the better end, that's somebody I can look up to. That's somebody I can emulate. That's somebody I can imitate. That's somebody I need to follow. So, being a battle tested guy in terms of facing adversity, another thing Nick Saban likes. And last but not least, Nick Saban likes productivity. You leading that team in tackles. You leading that team in tackles for loss. You leading that team in sacks. You're being productive in the game. You're being productive on the field. You're being productive in the in, in the weight and the training aspect. And sometimes being productive even means you assisting others and being productive. So that's just some things that coach saban looks for and his marquee defensive player for alabama but we're going to take a final break here on in my own words the podcast upon our return we will wrap this up and put a pretty bow on this wednesday edition of shows after this
1: Bama.com today and roll tide.
0: As we're back into the show, ladies and gentlemen, in my own words, the podcast. Yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine, and after discussing some traits, some characteristics that you know Nick Saban wants to see in his marquee, uh, impactful defensive player. It's time for us to name who that guy is, and uh, this guy has all of the traits that i mentioned in the previous segment, that guy to me, none other than one Dylan Moses. I think Dylan Moses is the most impactful, he will be the most impactful defensive player this year, simply because he's got the leadership. He's got the leadership. He is a very strong communicator. He is an elite tackler. We saw in 2018 led the team in tackles with 86, and uh, you know 10 tackles for loss. Very instinctive. He's got he pays close attention to details. Dylan Moses is kind of a perfectionist. Uh, Very tough-minded player is Dylan Moses. Productivity, productive, productive, productive in terms of of adversity. I mean, Dylan Moses just faced adversity this past season. Not able to play his junior year due to a a serious knee injury, an ACL tear to his knee in August camp last year, which sidelined him for that entire season. So Dylan is somebody that, If he can shake off the rust from last season, which I believe he will, he is somebody that's going to put everybody in the right spot on the field, uh, communicate those things across the board. He is an upstanding young man, a high-character young man, a high-class athlete. So he's a guy that when he speaks, people are going to listen. People are going to follow his lead. People are going to want to emulate and be like him, the younger guys Uh, In terms of tackling, he is going to break down and make the tackles in space, whether it's on a running back, whether it's on a receiver, whether it's on a a quarterback trying to escape out of the pocket. The guy is very, very productive going back to his freshman year. Dylan Moses had 30 tackles, five and a half of those for loss, one and a half sacks, made the freshman on SEC team. Of course, the 86 total tackles in the 2018 season. So that'd be my guy, Dylan Moses, the most impactful defensive player this year. But, as always, you want to know the best or have the best or inquire, acquire the best in news, notes, and information on your Crimson Tide. You can do this by downloading the Touchdown Alabama Magazine app, and it's simple, people, very easy to do. You can get this by... Go into your iPhone app store. If you're rocking Team Apple, download that from there. Your Google Play store, if you just so happen to have the Android phone. The podcast options for your audio listening pleasures, if those so happen to be iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Overcast.fm, TuneIn Radio, or iHeartRadio folks we got you covered right here if the good lord sees fit on friday we will be back i will be back after the first day of spring ball delivering you the hottest show on the streets in my own words the podcast but as always i leave you with my three final things here husbands love your wives wives be sure Love them husbands, children. It is Wednesday. Still get that homework done. Do what you got to do. Get your three hearty meals a day, your three hearty laughs a day. Until next time, folks, I'm yours truly, Stephen M. Smith. And you've been listening to In My Own Words.